Welcome to Because the Beatles, the podcast about the Beatles, everything about the Beatles 24-8. I'm Allison. And I'm Erica. And before we start, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or stream us on Spotify. And if you're enjoying BC the Beatles, feel free to leave us a preferably five-star review so other Beatle maniacs can find us. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, slash X, and TikTok, and now also on YouTube. We'll be posting videos, photos, and more from this episode and beyond. And you can also email us at bcthebeatles at gmail.com. Man, we have a lot going on right now in the world of the Beatles. The Beatles universe never stops. 60 years and it just keeps on going. This week was crazy. I mean, they just won another Grammy. Like, how unreal is that? Insane. And then the video, you know, uh, that Sean was involved in for one of John's projects. It's up for an Oscar and it's just, you know, everything's happening. This band, they're going to go far? I think so. Yeah. You know, they're going to be bigger than Elvis. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, let's not speak too soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I don't mean to be hasty here. <laughs> Give it another 60 years. We'll see. I, I know. But I, you know, I don't really have two brain cells to rub together right now because I'm so obsessed with this Patty Boyd thing. Oh, my god oh my god yeah so if you guys haven't seen it yet patty's got some of her collection going up for auction at christie's it starts on march 8th and it ends on march 22nd and check it out because she's got photographs she's got apple memorabilia she's got a lot of stuff from her time with eric clapton but i'm dying she's got two dresses made by the fool in this auction they are amazing. Be prepared. You want to part with a lot of your money when you look at this. There's letters from George. There's a telegram congratulating him on the success of the Get Back single. <laughs> There's all kinds of crazy stuff here. Yeah, it's so good. And the best part is you can read the description. So one of the most unique items, I think, is this like big old grandfather clock. And it was actually a gift from Brian to George and Patty for their wedding. Oh, I know it's so sweet. So I love, you know, these auctions. I just love reading the provenance of these items. It's so interesting because some of it you've read about or heard about. And then it's like, oh, my God, I could actually buy it if I had, you know, 3000 pounds. This is the kind of stuff that if you did have 3000 pounds, it would be worth the splurge. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, one of the things that's up for auction, which I can't believe is the original artwork for the album Layla by Eric Clapton slash Derek and the Dominoes. That's insane. And that's, I know, it's estimated to go for 40 to 60,000 pounds, which actually is not that much for that. That's iconic, you know, that mm -hmm. painting. So I'm excited to see how high that goes. I feel like that'll go way over 60,000 pounds. There's a wonderful card here from Eric Clapton, a handmade Easter card from the 70s. And it just says... When are you going to get up and give me some breakfast? Love, L. That sums it up. That is hilarious. <laughs> I know. I love reading some of these letters, especially if you're a Clapton fan. I feel like it's very heavy on the Clapton. I feel like the Clapton stuff is actually more expensive than the George stuff. A lot of it's probably more rare. It could be. Yeah, it totally mm -hmm. could be. Well, there's two. So I'm guessing they're not even really branded with any big name designers these two dresses that she wore in like the 70s. But for both of them, the estimate is only about six to 800 pounds, which is still a lot. But for two dresses owned by Patty Boyd, they're not the most like unique looking dresses, but definitely a little bit more affordable. And they're pretty cute. 
I mean, I won't be ripping those two off for hopefully a sewing project in the future. However, these two fool dresses, I'm going to have to uh, attempt to maybe make my own. You've got to do it. They're so cool. Oh, I just love them so much. I love a good pattern clash. And these are just like, the one is just all about the pattern clashing. The other one is more brocade, which is lovely and perhaps easier to recreate. I don't know, but I love it. I can't wait to see the results. Well, I'll keep you guys posted. Yay. And then, gosh, what else is going on? Oh. Big Paul news, right? Yeah, just want to give a shout out. Congratulations, Paul. You've finally been reunited with the Hoffner base that was stolen from you in 1972. That's some exciting news. And like we always say, check your basements, check your attics, check your grandparents' house, because you never know when something like that is going to be in your house. Turns out, I think the story was that it was stolen after a wind yeah. show. And then the guy who stole it gave it to a barman in exchange for some cheap beer. The barman just kept wow. it upstairs for a long time. That's amazing and yeah. crazy and very British. Yes, yes. <laughs> I had a friend who told me, and I've seen it on the internet, and I think maybe our friends at Ranking, the Beatles also posted it on their story, but the story just came out a few weeks ago that the base was found. However, if you go back and rewatch the Now and Then video, I believe it's where Paul and Ringo are sort of singing together on the green screen that's obviously a green screen, but not meant to look like a green screen. But you can see a rack of guitars behind Paul and the bass is actually there. So he's had it back for a while, but I think they just sort of decided to announce it recently. Well, good, good. I'm glad he had a little time to enjoy privately with his bass and uh, maybe spend some time verifying that it actually was his bass and not a recreation. Who knows? But I'm glad it was a happy ending. And yeah, let's go check our basements and see what we've got. For real. I mean, not all of us have, uh, you know, four Beatles autographs from the Ed Sullivan show, like uh, some people we know. Well, I mean, not everybody does, but not everybody's checked their basement either. You never know. That is true. If I had a basement, I would run and check it right now. Exactly. Exactly. Or your relatives' <laughs> basements. Relatives who had no idea. I mean, th- with Paul's base, it's this guy's apathy that saved the base. Thank God. Dumber things have happened. But that wasn't even close to the most exciting news of the week this week in the Beatles world. Oh, my God. We got a very unexpected announcement last week. Four new biopics are being created with a projected release date for 2027, one for each of the four Beatles. It's very exciting. I mean, I think we both woke up and I know I had like three or four texts from different people and then, you know, people sharing the article and I was like, what the hell is happening? Because nobody saw that's coming. It's absolutely crazy. No, not at all. When I first saw it, I, I saw it on the, the press release. I was like, this has got to be real because it's from a real source. It's verified. Yes. Yeah, like, wow. <laughs> like, this isn't just some bullshit. This is very exciting. Yeah, it's legit. So far, we've only got a director attached, which is Sam Mendes. But we've got full life and music rights coming from Paul and Ringo and the estates of John and George, which is no small feat. These guys don't approve a whole lot. They don't instigate it either. No, I can't think of anything that all four Beatles have really given their okay to that haven't been directly related to them, like anthology, like Now and Then, like Get Back, like Beatles Rock Band. 
But when have the four entities of the Beatles said they want to do something together like this that isn't really their creative control? Yeah, I'm guessing they're going to have the final say. I know Sam Mendes is producing this through his company, Neil Street Productions. And on the Beatles side, Apple's Jeff Jones is going to be executive producer on behalf of Apple. And that's great. Jeff is awesome at what he does. But I think it'll be really challenging and really interesting to see what happens for Sam Mendes and the rest of the team that they're going to build around these to get the sign off of like Paul and Ringo and the estates of John and George. I <laughs> I think that'll be a little challenging, but maybe that's why they're doing four so that they can each have their own perspective. That makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You can be in charge of your side of things. How about that? You can tell it from your perspective. (laughs) Yeah. And that's basically all we know that there's going to be. uh, Pippa Harris from Neil Street Productions said, quote, we intend this to be a uniquely thrilling and epic cinematic experience. Four films told from four different perspectives, which tell a single story about the most celebrated band of all time. That's kind of it. Yeah. Like, when have you ever heard of this happening? And I have so many questions. <laughs> we all do. We have so many questions. I know. And they're they're being pretty close lips about it. But the press release, at least, which is really the only source of information we've gotten that's official, gives the impression that the idea and the concept has already been approved. Tom Rothman, who's the chairman of Sony Pictures Motion Picture Group, he said, quote, theatrical movie events today must be culturally seismic. Sam's daring large-scale idea is that and then some. Pairing his premier filmmaking team with the music and the stories of four young men who changed the world will rock audiences all over the globe. We are deeply grateful to all parties and look forward ourselves to breaking some rules with Sam's uniquely artistic vision. Hmm. Interesting. Breaking the rules. What is this rule-breaking vision all about? It's funny to think about because rule breaking, think about the time like between now and when they hope to wrap these, because I would imagine if you're going to release it in 2017, oh my gosh, what year do I think it is? 2027, you've got to have it wrapped by 2025, right? To edit it, edit four major motion pictures. That's insanity. Like I, I hate that we have to wait that long for it, but I also am sort of like, how are they going to accomplish this? Yeah, and it's not going to be like December 2017 either. I, or I did it too. Oh my it's, gosh, we both are like time traveling right now. <laughs> oh God, no, just old. <laughs> Hashtag old, yes. So yeah, but it's it's not going to be at the end because they said full theatrical window in, in 2027, which means that the entire journey from theatrical release to streaming of all four of them is going to be within that calendar year, I believe. So they have to get it done. They gave us a really concrete date. I have to believe that full theatrical release means in theaters and not just like on Netflix. Oh, for sure. And of course, with, you know, Sam Mendes attached to it, they're going to be huge, big budget movies. I mean, on the heels of Elvis and Bohemian Rhapsody, I have so many questions. Why do we need the four films? Why don't we just do one banger of a film that is based on I don't know, Lewison's book or some other text that is licensable and sort of tells a story. I mean, the only thing I can think of why these four films need to happen is just what we were talking about, which is, you know, to get approval from the camps. When I heard there were four movies, 
I thought of it like four different streams running parallel to each other. Like I'm almost thinking about it like like a murder board, you know, where you have, <laughs> yeah, like you have the four beetles and they have their own paths. But there are points when their individual lives intersect, either with one, like when John met Paul, or with all four of them. I feel like what we're going to see is for all four of them, the movie takes place in the same time period and we'll see their lives unfold, but they'll all hit some certain touch points or maybe one or two of them, like when John met Paul or when Brian went to the Cavern Club or when all four of them met each other in Hamburg. There's going to be these points, you know, the DECA audition at Sullivan. And so we're going to see the same scene from all four perspectives, but they're going to be slightly different. And we're going to see how each beetle took their path to get there. That could be really cool. Actually, now that you're describing that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that could be cool, especially if you think about if it's early Beatles and we think about John's story versus Ringo's story. Is Ringo's story, are we going to get to see him with the hurricanes? You know what I mean? Yeah, like Rory Storm and, you know, all of the, yeah, that would be so cool. There are these intersecting events like Hamburg from all of their different perspectives. And then, you know, maybe they go their separate ways a little bit, certainly with Ringo. Mm -hmm. And they come back, yeah, like you said, like at the cavern or maybe they meet back at Brian's office when they sign the contract. Like, that's a really good hypothesis. I I could see that happening. I'm thinking this is going to be a very early Beatles film. I don't know why. If they need these four separate movies, I feel like they've got to be separate for part of the film, right? Yeah. Or do you think it's going to be like John's covers, like 56 to 62, and then it's like Paul's covers from 62 to 66? You know, like, I don't know. I don't know if they would break it up like that. Oh, that's totally possible. That's a great idea, too. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like such an undertaking to encompass their whole career four times. You would have like five hour long movies for each of them. Not that we would hate that. I think we would all love that. But as long as they're, you know, well done, which I'm sure with this team, I don't really have any qualms about that. I, I think that'll be that's kind of baked in here. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm so curious to find out the format. I can't wait to find out. And I'm also wondering, is this a four film and done project? Or is this kind of the jumping off point for like a Beatles cinematic universe? I mean, how many <laughs> That's more That's what films everybody's been saying. <laughs> have you seen those memes on like Instagram that have like the different logos where it's like Ringo 2, Back Off Boogaloo, and like uh, all the different like characters coming off. <laughs> oh, we'll have to find those and post those. Really funny. Yeah, we'll, we'll post those. I'll find them. But you know what? There's missing from these memes is there's no Brian film. But maybe that's because Midas Man is coming out. We need a couple of George Martin films. We need a Brian film. We need a lot oh, of Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Well, maybe that this, this could be a really good jumping off point then. This is exciting. I don't think it's going to suck. Yeah, I I really don't think so. And and to be fair, I would say about myself, I'm very cautious when I hear of stuff like this. Where I'm like, I don't know, like it could be crap, but I feel pretty good about that. I really legitimately do. I feel like this is going to be really fun. And I think that one of the fun things is going to be like the lead up to it, like finding out who they're going to cast, getting pictures from the sets like finding out more about the format. I think it's just, it's going to be a really fun process for us to watch it. Oh, totally. Like it almost reminds me of when the Harry Potter books and films were coming out and it was just so exciting to find out news about that. There were like midnight release parties, all these fun things to do along with it. So 
there could be that excitement for the next couple of years as we Crazy. hear more new developments about this. Yeah, who would have thought even when we recorded our last episode that we'd be sitting here recording this one? This was not on our schedule, y'all. Like, nope. <laughs> we we did not see this one coming. So this is pretty fun for us to to get to talk about this thing that we had no idea was going to happen. And it doesn't hurt that we fucking love biopics and we talk about them oh, all the time. Oh, my God. Yes. So a little bit about Sam Mendes. He is the chosen director for all four films. He is British. He was born in 1965, so he is a second-ish, second-generation fan. I think it's notable because he's not a first-generation fan. This isn't Ron Howard doing eight days a week. This is somebody who's reimagining this who was not there. So I'm excited Mm, about that. He went to Cambridge where he was a member of the Marlowe Society. He majored in English. He directed a number of plays there and also developed his love for film. But his career began in theater. His first major directing position was as the assistant director with the Chichester Theater Festival in 1987. Uh, Chichester being familiar to Paul McCartney fans for its appearance in On My Way to Work. And now that damn song is going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the night. Of course. I was so excited to see the word just for that. I know, Um, right? We all know how to say it. Yes. Thank you, Paul. Two years later, he directed his first West End show in uh, 1989. This was a production of Chekhov's The Cherry Orchard, starring Judy Dench. This production buoyed his reputation as an up-and-coming director between this and the Chichester Festival productions, and he was quickly becoming known as one of Britain's preeminent theater directors. In 1990, he was appointed artistic director of the Donmar Warehouse in London. Donmar is an incredible theater now. He oversaw a renovation of the theater, a revitalization of the space. The turning point for him, I would say, was a couple of years later in 1993, He directed the production of Cabaret, which was on both the West End and in Broadway. It starred Alan Cumming. It, I mean, I'm a big theater kid, but this is a fucking groundbreaking show. It was dark. It was raw. It was cinematic. It was a totally different take from what you might remember with Liza Minnelli and the movie and the original Bob Fosse Cabaret. It is still the pinnacle of what cabaret should be. And saying that when there's this, there's brand new production with Eddie Redmayne that's coming to Broadway really soon, been in the West End for a while. But even that, you can't get away from the Sam Mendes production because that was so impactful and it just changed the feel of this piece. Donmar Warehouse actually just premiered this incredibly amazing production of Macbeth. It had David Tennant and Kush Jumbo in it. And they used binaural sound, they used Dolby Atmos In the show, people put headphones on that were attached to their seats. So they were basically listening to the show through spatial audio and they had live music. So Dunmar is still an incredible place. I'm so sad. I tried to get tickets to that when I was in London, but it was all sold out. Because, I mean, Macbeth, David Tennant, come on. Like, what's not to love? But that would have been amazing to get to, like, experience the Atmos component. I'm really hoping it comes here. I mean, it it got such incredible reviews. That would be so great. Yeah, definitely. I would fly to New York to see that with you. That would be super super fun. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Sam Mendes later went on to produce this new production of the musical Gypsy starring Bernadette Peters. It was on Broadway, a number of plays. I mean, he's just got like Tony and Olivia awards coming out of his ears. 
Some of the things that he was famous for was the Lehman trilogy. He did uh, a new production of King Lear and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know, these are a lot of different types of things. He's quite versatile in the theater. And, you know, I'm kind of making a big deal about this part of his career because I've seen a lot of criticism like, oh, he doesn't work on music. He doesn't work on biopics, but he's done a lot of musical theater and he's done a lot of theatrical productions. So that has to be a part of what we think about when we think about Sam Mendes, for sure. And on the film side, he directed a number of really groundbreaking films, American Beauty in 1999, Revolutionary Road, Empire of Light, the two James Bond films, Skyfall and Spectre, and 1917. Which I loved. It's so good. I I do love, and I didn't always used to do this, but I have in recent years started to love a good war pick. But I think even if you're not really into war movies, 1917 is just lovely. The acting is so great. George McKay, who, spoiler, is going to come up later in the show. Um, But he was fantastic in it. He's such a great young actor. I also really liked Empire of Light. I saw that when it came out, I think, at the end of the year, sort of in the fall. I didn't realize it was him directing until I looked it up. And I was surprised because it's very unlike him, I think. And it's, it's more demure in its style. Is that the newish one with Olivia Coleman? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's good. It's interesting. The plot is kind of odd, but it just is so unlike his directing style. I mean, I guess you could use that as an example of his versatility as a director. He can be grandiose, but this is kind of him toning it down and creating this like really intimate picture. Which in light of the Beatles movies, I like to see because we're going to need to see a lot of different sides. Yeah, that's for sure. And of course, Mendes has won a ton of awards, you know, American Beauty alone, you know, that one was a real groundbreaker and, you know, won the Golden Globe, the BAFTA, um, the Oscar for Best Picture, ate up all the awards. And he has won the Golden Globe Award himself, you know, Director's Guild of America Award, Oscar for Best Director. And he's only the sixth director to win an Academy Award for a feature film debut, which is unreal. Yeah, really. But despite all of these accolades and all of these awards, there is quite a bit of pushback online. <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> Owen Gleiberman wrote in Variety something I thought was kind of encapsulated a lot of what I was hearing. He said, quote, I'd argue that in the 24 years since he swept the Oscars with American Beauty, he has not exactly lived up to the promise of that awards night. There's something earnest and sodden and too thematically self-aware about Mendes' filmmaking. He knows how to stage things, but he's overly enthralled to second-rate ideas. Ouch. Damn. To me, he simply has not established a track record that says, Here's a filmmaker you want to hand the Beatles story over to. All eight to ten hours of it. That's so rude. I mean, I disagree. Like, I, as soon as I read Sam Mendes' name, I was like, okay, I don't know a director that I would be enthralled. But say it was James Cameron, I'd be like, oh my God, this is going to be crazy. And I don't know how I feel about it in kind of a bad way. Yeah. Or like Steven Spielberg. Is this going to feel like a kid? No, I don't want that. With Sam Mendes, I was like, okay, yes. When I think about him, I'm like, okay, adult movies for adults. I can definitely see his theater background and his the things he directs. And I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I don't either. Yeah, I don't know. I felt I felt comfortable with it. I'm happy with it. His argument is essentially, 
maybe he sucks. And what if the first one sucks? Then we have three more to go and they're all going to suck just as much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you feel that way about the first one, you probably are going to feel that way about the other three, but I don't, I'm not worried about that with Sam Mendes. Yeah. He did have an idea that I really liked. He proposed that what if a different director took on each Beatle and you, you know, had each one kind of stylistically different as you converge those events. That might be really interesting. Can you imagine like Wes Anderson taking one of them? That would right. be so weird. It would be crazy. It would be, be like a season of Black Mirror. It'd be so weird. Oh my God, it totally would. Oh, I would totally love a Beatles Black Mirror. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. Jordan Peele takes one. Holy shit. <laughs> Please. Oh, this is all good. Yes. Let's, you know, instead of talking about the cast, we should talk about like our dream directors for these. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, this is what the Beatles cinematic universe is all about. Oh, yes. We're going to get our Jordan Peele. We're going to get this. Just so they don't ever hire Michael Bay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think you're okay with that. I think we're safe. I think we'll be free of Michael Bay. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) But another question that came up was, why not Peter Jackson? He kind of already did the thing. He filmed this epic over 10 years. He released three huge films that were filmed at the same time in the same place he did this epic he's got a track record plus he's had success with his other Beatles projects I'm glad he's not doing it I think a different perspective will be good I'm not a huge fan of Lord of the Rings but that just might be the material yeah I've never seen it although that would have been very full circle because as we well maybe I didn't know this for the longest but the Beatles were in talks to do a Lord of the Rings movie so that would have been very full circle if Peter Jackson would have directed this. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, his style, again, he's too grand. I think these grand directors, I'm very glad they didn't pick one of them to do these films because it just, it would feel so blown up. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm so relieved that Boz Lerman isn't going to do this. Like I, I liked Elvis for what it was. And I'm sure you, you love Moulin Rouge. Well, it's my favorite movie, but I do not think that a Moulin Rouge Beatles mashup is a good idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I agree. That would have been a nightmare. It would have been like the worst acid trip ever. And that's one thing I think about Sam Mendes, at least, you know, I'm more familiar with his theater productions than film, but I feel like there's a very wide range stylistically where if you look at Baz Luhrmann, you can immediately say, oh, that's a Baz Luhrmann film. Mm-hmm. I have hope that there it's going to be some stylistic diversity when we're talking about John's story versus George or Ringo's or Paul's, if that's how it's going right. to be. I don't know if I'd feel as comfortable with that with Peter Jackson because he's so he's so grand. He loves a good epic. Totally. And yeah, and these should not feel like epics, in my no. opinion. Especially if we're focusing on the earlier years when they're just kids, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It should feel more intimate. But there are some more Lord of the Rings movies coming, apparently. So Peter Jackson will probably be busy. Maybe they can tack on a Beatles theme there and do the full circle thing. Because I like that idea. (laughs) Little (laughs) Easter egg. Yeah. My only kind of little, little thing, if I had to say anything, I would have loved to have seen a woman involved. But Mm. there aren't as many, of course, women directors. Julie Taymor would have been my first choice had that been the case, just because she had already worked on Across the Universe and The Lion King, and she did the most amazing film of Titus Andronicus, the Shakespeare play with Anthony mm-hmm. Hopkins. It's the goriest thing I've ever seen. It's amazing. 
I did not like Across the Universe. So I, you know, that's the only thing I know her from. Although The Lion King, the musical, are you talking about the movie? The live action? The theater production. Oh, the theater. Oh, she did the that. Puppetry and the dancing and the, yeah, with the crazy makeup. Oh, okay. That well, that's her. cool. I, I like, yeah, I like The Lion King on Broadway. All right. Well, that's fine. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, people, I've seen them throwing out Greta Gerwig, which yep. I don't know. I, I like her. I don't love her. Barbie, I thought I have my own. I'm not going to go to Barbie. We don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, and Sam Taylor Johnson, obviously, who directed Nowhere Boy, I could see her being good for another Beatle because that was so heavy on John. Yeah. I mean, I did not like Nowhere Boy very much. Yeah, same. I have feels about that, which yeah. we can get into at another time, at a later time. <laughs> one day, one day. One day, yes. But why don't we do a little bit of a fun experiment here or a fun exercise? And let's talk about casting, because there's been a ton of speculation on the Internet. Of course, people building their dream cast, their wish lists for who could play the Beatles. I mean, that is the age old question, isn't it? So let's start with John, because he's the first. OK, um, somebody I've seen people talk about a lot is Timothy Shimini, otherwise mm -hmm. known as Timothy Chalamet. I'm so sorry to those of our listeners who love him. I don't like him. Really? I think he's so overrated. I liked him and call me by your name, but I have been so annoyed with him and pretty much everything else. Even Little Women? Yeah, I didn't like that Little Women. I'm sorry. Like, I was very, like, that's an example of Greta Gerwig that I was not in love with. I, I'm such a stan for the 1940s version with June Allison and Margaret O'Brien and Liz Taylor. Like, I just love that version so much. So I'm pretty biased. What do you think about Timony for John? I think he's one of the few actors in that age group that they could get away with if they want to have a famous name in the Beatles part of the cast. I'm not 100% sold on that as a concept generally. Yeah. I'm not sure, though, if he would be a better John or Ringo. Really? I get Ringo energy from him. I really do. Big Ringo energy. Yeah. Like if he had a prosthetic nose, I think he'd actually look pretty much like Ringo too. I'll take Timothy as Ringo. So there's somebody else who I feel like could also play John and Ringo, which is Barry Keegan. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you say his last name, Keegan, the breakout star of Saltburn, who was also great in uh, the, what was the Irish movie that came out? Do you remember that? Is it the Banshees? Oh, yeah. Uh, the... the Banshees of Ishinan? Yeah. Inshiran. Yeah. Inshiran. <laughs> Inshiran. There we go. The Banshees Inishirin. of Inshiran. Yes. yes. The Banshees movie. Yes. He was great in that movie. So I could totally see him as John. But also, I feel like he would make a bang in Ringo. His face could really do well with either. Yeah. That would really be up to like what his energy is in each of those roles, if he could pull off one or the other. Yeah, I agree. Somebody else that came to mind for John for me was Nicholas Hout, who I know he's been in a shit ton of stuff, but I will always see him as Tony from Skins, mm. which is the best show ever. Any of you haven't seen it, please go watch season one right now or series one, as I should say. I think of him as uh, in The Great. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's in The Great. I forgot about that. He's wonderful. Yes, that. that is such a good show. I forgot. Like a lot of our picks and a lot of people who are being bandied about. A lot of people are just too damn old now to play the Beatles, mm -hmm. especially in the beginning, 
which is such a tragedy because there would be so many other great options. He might be too old now, but he would have made a great John, I think, when he was younger. What about Brian? Oh, Nicholas Hulk could play Brian. Um, I who should play Brian? Well, I, no, I'm thinking, what about Nicholas Holt as Brian? Yeah, he would be he would be a very good Brian, I think, you know. But you know who would be the best Brian is if we go back 15 years and have Midnight Cumberbatch play Brian, then that's the ultimate. I know. In my heart, he is Brian. What if he now at his current age was George Martin? Oh, he's got that angular face. He's very tall. He's very dignified looking. You know who I thought should play George Martin? Weirdly, Chris Pine. Oh, that's interesting. I feel like they have the same eyebrows. I could see that. I was thinking of Matt Smith as well. Oh, yeah. Matt Smith will fit into this somewhere. Please find a place for all all my British people. You know, I need my <laughs> David Tennant, Olivia Coleman, Colin. <gasps> yes. You know, we need all of these people. <laughs> oh, my God, please. Oh, I could see Olivia Coleman should play Aunt Mimi. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. Yes. Oh, that would be so good. Tennant, God, if he were younger, he could play Paul. He would die. Oh, yeah, he totally would. I have his son down, actually. Ty Tennant on the list for Ringo. Is he an actor? Yeah, he's he was in Good Omens. He's been in a couple of things. He's his adopted son. He's his wife, George's first son. He's 21, but they're very close. And he's got a very almost ethereal look. But I feel like with the right makeup, he could do that cute little hang dog sort of Ringo. Okay, yeah, that that sounds good. That sounds good. But yes, they definitely need to slot in all the all the standards. Claire Foy mm-hmm. could play Julia. I could see her as Julia. Oh, against Olivia Coleman. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How amazing. <laughs> Two queens against each other. Oh, please, 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 please. Or maybe she could play Mary McCartney. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many people. We can definitely slot all of our British procedural favorites in here. Okay, so Paul. Got to move on to Paul here. So I I always think of Andrew Scott. I don't know why. Like, he's old, too. He's 47. But he played Paul in Lennon Naked, which I know you love to talk about Lennon Naked. Because of Lennon Naked. Because of freaking Christopher Eccleston. Because of his... Oh. <laughs> Such a weird movie. It's so weird. I didn't need to see his penis. I just didn't. No, nobody needed that. No. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, and I've watched... I don't I don't like Doctor Who, but I've watched a lot of his... I'm sorry. But I've watched a lot of his series. And now it's like, I don't even think about Doctor Who. I just think about him like butt naked and Lennon naked because it's just too weird. Like the title is literal here, Mr. Eggleston. It's too much. Didn't want to see it. Nope. Didn't didn't need to. But it's burned into my eyes all the same. (laughs) Unfortunately, we need to go back to therapy. We need a lobotomy. Oh, my God. Forget about that. (laughs) Speaking of Doctor Who and the Beatles, there is going to be a Beatles episode of Doctor Who coming up in this oh, next that's right. season. Don't worry. I already have a couple of people who have approached me about doing like a super group Beatles Doctor Who podcast. So you don't have oh, to be God. involved. Oh, thank God. Okay, great. <laughs> but we are going to have some other people playing the Beatles out there coming up pretty soon. Oh, yes. Okay. I mean, I will definitely watch it. I love to see that kind of shit. I did like, you know, the Doctor Who about with Vincent Van Gogh. I think that was very, yeah, very good. Yeah, it was. But that also had Tenet in it, right? No, it was Matt Smith. Oh, it was Matt Smith. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And yeah, and Karen Gillan, who I love. Yeah. Is like one of my total girl crushes. She's also my hair inspiration. Could she be Julia? Oh, 
That could be a good. Oh, Karen Gillan has to be in this. Can we make that happen? All of our people. Yeah, she would be a good Julia. So for Paul, Christopher Eccleston's penis aside, yes, Andrew Scott was <laughs> was great in Leonard Naked. <laughs> he's great in everything, and he's having a huge moment right now. But again, he's too old. I know. I feel the same way about Jim Sturgis, and I know we just established that you don't oh, like yeah. across the universe, but he as Jude, which was the Paul character in Across the Universe. He did so well at embodying Paul without playing Paul, which is something I kind of want mm. to see in these people. I don't want to see somebody imitating the Beatles. I want to see somebody embodying their spirits. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's funny with this casting speculation that's been going on online. I've been seeing a lot of people being like, oh, we need to tap into like the younger Beatles tribute bands. And I'm like, that's a terrible idea for a lot of reasons. But I think one of the major reasons is the Beatles tribute band guys, like they're really good at what they do because they sort of are a caricature of the Beatles. You know, they have to encapsulate the Beatles into this like two hour show and really get across like, no, I am John. I am Paul. It means they have to do this like exaggerated sort of stereotypical Mm -hmm. like Paul, like head bobbing and being the cute one and all that kind of shit. I just had to go on that rant. I think that's a bad idea. See, I actually think it's not a bad idea if they're very discerning about it. I think that if they're going for the young, young Beatles, if they just scouted out those bands like the Savage Young Beatles, like the ones that don't necessarily dress up as the Beatles, but they are musicians and they are very familiar with the character of these guys, maybe there's a couple of diamonds in the rough out there that Mm -hmm. are also actors because a lot of these guys are actors too. And aren't necessarily imitating them, but really do understand the character of these people. They have to be nuanced. Yes. And it would be a way to at least find younger, unknown talent who are also musicians, because I don't want Mm. anybody to be miming their instruments in this. Oh, my gosh. I can't (laughs) imagine the horror. Right. I have to imagine that the one rec- like requirement for any actor in this movie is you have to learn to play your instrument to be believable. Yes, please. Yeah. I mean, they could have a musician like Harry Styles, but I would hate that. <laughs> I like Harry. I love Harry Styles. I love his music. I think he's great. I think he as a person is fantastic. But oh, my God, I think it would just be hokey city to have him in one of these films. I don't hate him for the movie. I don't see him as one of the four, though. Well, he's just not a good actor. Like, don't worry, darling. He was not a good actor. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I did not think his performance was amazing. I would love to see guys like that. Like, if they really do need to do stunt casting, that would be great if he was like, I don't know, Johnny Hutch. You know what I mean? Like, if he was Cliff Richard. Oh, my God. Johnny Hutch? (laughs) I don't know. He's just some, some guy who's like plays big in one of their four stories, but isn't one of the Beatles. I hope they cast that far down and it's just not like drummer number two and it's supposed to be Johnny Hutch. I you do know? too, especially little Johnny <laughs> Hutch was such a character. I know. Oh, I would love that if they were that detailed. But yeah, I, I could see it. I don't yeah. want him to be one of the four. No, he could be like Pete Best. Although Pete Best, the first person who I sort of thought about was like Bill Skarsgård, even though he's terrifying. He's so scary. I know he's scary. <laughs> He is like the horror king, but he kind of could pull off the best, I think. Maybe. But he's scary. <laughs> he's, he is scary. 
Maybe not then. Maybe he could be like Dick James or something, like a villain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Or like Alan Klein. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I don't want to want to see who they want to have as Alan Klein. Please don't. Oh, my gosh. I know. Mm. Yeah, too bad John Belushi <laughs> is dead because he was the best Alan Klein oh my God. in the Ruddles oh movie. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we'll good. always have his performance. Thank God. One more Paul consideration I want to put forward. Do you know Asa Butterfield? I've heard that name. What was he? What's he in? I know him from Sex Education. Oh, yeah. I started to watch that. I never finished it. He's been in a bunch of things. And he's like, an honest to goodness, like he started as an actual kid actor. He's probably, I don't know, like 25 now. Mm -hmm. And he's got the look. He's got the vibe. I feel like he could do Paul. And I've also seen photos of him where he might be an amazing Pete Best. Yeah, I just looked him up. He definitely looks like he could be a Paul. I think he would be a really nice choice because he's the right age. Yes, I know. That's the thing. The age has to be key here. I'm so sick of like seeing the casting of these like 20 year olds and everybody's like 45. I know. You know, know, it's like just especially if we're going like Hamburg Beatles, please. They need to be no older than 25. I totally agree. I also thought for Paul, Tom Holland, I thought he could be a great Paul. And I, I like Tom Holland a lot. Yeah. He's 27. Okay, so he could do it. He could also be John, another versatile actor. I kind of like that tall, skinny thing he's got going on. That could be a good John. Yeah. We haven't mentioned anybody yet for George. I know. We got to move on to George. I mean, I this is where George McKay comes into play, because I think he could be a great George. I feel like he could play like that cheeky sort of quiet. We know George wasn't really that quiet in real life, but that sort of pensive all the sides of George because mm-hmm. I, I don't know I think he's a really good actor and I don't think he's really had his breakout really yet I mean 1917 it's been a couple other things but I could see him carrying the George role and having been in 1917 he's already no Sam Mendes yes exactly that would reunite them I could see that and you know I also thought of maybe Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things Ooh, he's he's scary look at two really <laughs> a little bit <laughs> I always just see him as like a little kid, but I guess he's not a little kid anymore. He's cute, but he looks like he might just possess your soul if you're not looking. Oh, my God. Damn, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, George had that look, too, sometimes. So that is true. George. Yeah, he had a look that could turn you to stone if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. I don't hate it at all. Mm, I can see it. I've also seen people saying Danny. But it's like, okay, dude, I know he looks just like George, but he's too damn old and he's not an actor. So like, get off the Danny train. It's not going to happen. Okay. No, no, no. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Okay. Uh Oh, what, what, what? Danny Harrison, John Lennon, James McCartney, Zach Starkey. We're going to have the four of them. They're going to play their fathers. We're going to age them down. It's going (laughs) to be fucking epic. Yes. We're going to use that damn Peter Jackson technology. We're going to like de-age their faces, just reshape them a little bit. <laughs> to be, I mean, to be fair, those four really do look just like their dad. So I guess the casting for that would be kind of more spot on. Yeah, but they're all like 50. Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's where it all falls apart. Though I will say James McCartney put out a single this week and it's really, really good. Is it good? I haven't heard it yet. He I need to listen to it. Amazing. He sounds beautiful. Oh, OK. Yeah. That's good. I, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah. So maybe that's his audition for playing his dad. And <laughs> it was it was subtle. You know, it was a subtle audition. <laughs> now, I've got another one here. Have you ever seen Freddie Highmore? Yeah. Isn't he old to play George? I don't know. 
Let me look it up. I always see him as like the kid from Finding Neverland, but I assume that was like 3,000 years ago. I guess he is a little bit on the older side. I think he's 31 now. Okay, hear me out. He's 32. And I think he could play Brian. I'm just saying. No, maybe. Maybe. I could see it. I could see it as Brian. That would be that would be pretty good. I could see that too. Freddie Highmore. I could see that too. And he's actually the age that Brian would have been around that time. Yeah. Yeah. When well, when he died. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because you don't think about how young those guys like he and George <sighs> Martin actually were. I know. It's crazy. And that the Beatles thought they were old men. And it's like, um, 32 is a baby. So I know. <laughs> I know. It's so sad. Ugh. So, so Ringo, do you have any more candidates? We have a lot of people who could be swings for Ringo. Yeah. Well, we've talked about maybe Timothy Chalamet with a prosthetic nose. We <laughs> talked about Titanic a little bit. And Barry Key again. Barry Key. And then I'm thinking Paul Mezcal. He's kind of a big name, though. He's gotten a big profile. I don't know. Maybe he would be willing to be cast in one of these. Well, I mean, the next movie that is coming out is a Stephen Sondheim musical, Merrily We Roll Along. And he's in that? He's in it. He's one of the three leads. Oh, okay. With uh, Ben Platt and Beanie Feldstein. Oh, my God. What what the hell can't Paul Mezcal do? Right? <laughs> yeah. That's wild. And I think he kind of looks like Ringo. I could see it with the right hair. Yeah. And the right styling. Maybe we don't need our Ringo to be able to sing Sondheim, but, you know, still. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's really uh, accurate to history. But he is a musical myself. person, so that's good. Yeah, that works in his favor. But honestly, if I can be very frank here for a second, like we're talking about all this casting and our dream casting and what the internet thinks. But like, come on, can't they just cast all these biopics with the cast of the Beatles in Walk Hard? They were the best. Which is one of the best fucking movies ever. And also, if you guys haven't seen it, number one, you need to run, don't walk to see Walk Hard. Second, you can find the clips on YouTube of the Beatles scene in Walk Hard. And the Beatles in that film, Jack Black plays Paul McCartney. Amazing. He's so good. I can't even say that without laughing because he's just so funny in it. <laughs> Paul Rudd is John Lennon, which I quote him probably more than anybody else from that scene. <laughs> Justin Long is George Harrison. And then Jason Schwartzman is Ringo. I love all of these people. I know it is the most hysterical thing. And it's the best like mini Beatles biopic you'll ever see because they just nail them so hard. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, that movie is perfection top to bottom. I know it is. And it's perfection, but it's perfection for a very specific group of people who are like <laughs> obsessed with music because I've shown it to other people and they do not find it funny. And I'm like, why don't you think this is hysterical? But I'm like, oh, they're not freaks like me, like with music. Mm, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, like they're not they don't get all like the, you know, the walk the line references and the Ray references and all the like the Brian Wilson stuff. But Jenna Fisher's in it. Jenna Fisher is fucking awesome yeah. in it. Yeah, she's great. Her casting is so random in it, but I adore it. Me too. I love it so much. Yeah. Okay, so if we can't get the actual Beatles sons, we're we're going to have to have them call up yeah. the walk hard guys. Have them reprise their roles. I think that is the only solution that makes total sense to me. Perfect. Perfect. We are done. <laughs> yes. But, you know, I could see, you know, if they can't get, in all seriousness, if they can't get the big names or they can't get people who aren't fucking old to play the Beatles, like... 
I don't know, there might be some undiscovered talent out there that they could scout and pull them into this universe. There's got to be plenty of them. I do think that there could be some talent in those the tribute bands that aren't Boots and Suits tribute bands, especially the really young ones. Boots and Suits. I love that. I think musical theater is another place to look. Like, for example, there's this guy named Ali Louis Borgi. He's 23. He is headlining the new revival of The Who's Tommy that's coming to Broadway. And he is fantastic. Like, I could absolutely mm-hmm. see him playing probably John or Paul. But, you know, people like that, people who are already very musical, who have great stage presence. Yeah, I like that. And I also like the idea of bringing theater actors to the big screen, because that seems to be Sam Mendes's modus operandi, Mm -hmm. you know, with his transition from theater to film. So that could make sense for him. Yeah, and it's actually a really nice way to get relatively unknown folks who have a lot of experience, because, you know, in some ways, I kind of think they need to do what they did for Harry Potter. You know, you have four unknowns as the Beatles. And then have all the famous people as the older folks. You know, it's funny you mentioned Harry Potter because one of the things that I saw bandied about on the Internet with this casting stuff is Daniel Radcliffe in some role, whether it's John. I saw some people say Ringo, which I don't know how I feel about that. Daniel Radcliffe is in his 30s. (laughs) He's too effing old to play a kid who's like 20. I know 30 is not old, but he's too old to play this. When we're talking about the Beatles, they need to be true to life. I don't want any of this Lee bullshit where you see high schoolers who are 28 years old. No. I want it to feel real. Yeah. I mean, you know, we mentioned Nowhere Boy earlier and yeah, I didn't love that movie. However, one of the best things was they cast actual 20 year olds to play the Beatles. Mm -hmm. You know, that was really a genius move they played somebody young ish to play julia because she was young she had john when she was very young so that kind of feel i hope they bring that to these four films yes and please let them be british oh god and yes if they're not just don't fuck up the accent like i mean it happens once in a blue moon you get like i don't know renee zellweger was great as bridget jones for some reason she was able to nail the accent almost nobody can do that no In the immortal words of RuPaul, don't fuck it up. That would just kill the, you know, the illusion of suspense or whatever. Wait, that's not what it's called. The illusion of suspense. What the hell is that? Suspension of reality. Suspension of disbelief. (laughs) My God. Disbelief. Oh, my God. Okay. Whatever. I'm losing my mind. Whatever. Uh, You all know what I meant. Yeah. We got it. (laughs) We got there eventually. I I like my brain is is exploding with all this info and all the ideas and I'm obsessing about it and I just want more news. Like when are we going to hear some more stuff on this? It's got to be soon. 2027. It's not that long from now in in the movie world. They've got to start filming this shit. They're filming Stranger Things right now, like a TV show, and it isn't coming out until the end of 2025. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, if they're going to be doing four epic films... I'm sure news is going to be coming out soon. And I would guess that they have enough ideas in place that they didn't announce it until it's kind of on the heels of some other announcements. I feel also like we keep speculating about all this stuff, but I feel like a lot of it's locked down mm-hmm. already. I think so too. And yeah, they'll start they'll start announcing, yeah, like casting and that kind of thing pretty imminently. Cause I feel like they've got to start feel, yeah, like 
you know, they've got to start filming this and that shit's going to leak real fast. Mm -hmm. Especially if they're filming on location in Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Which they better be doing. That would be so good. Oh, I would love that. We don't have all these national trust sites for nothing. Like they're yeah, there. exactly. We can use them. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, I'm going to reference one of my guilty pleasure Beatles biopics, but in his life, the John Lennon story. Oh, yeah. Um, Not to brag everybody, but I was blocked on Twitter by Philip McQuillan, who plays John Lennon, because... Uh, he and I were like copacetic, like we would like each other's tweets and shit. I even liked his tweets about the Beatles. And then I DM'd him and asked him to be on the podcast and he blocked me. Ew. Yeah. So anyway, that's my claim to fame. But anyway, <laughs> all that to say, the one great thing about that film, I mean, there's I, I think there's a lot of great things about it, but was that they filmed on location at like Strawberry Field and they filmed on location at Mendips and the Eleanor Rigby grave. It was pretty like extensive the places they filmed in liverpool which i thought was so cool especially when i watched it and hadn't been to liverpool yet so it was really fun to see those places in real life yeah and i feel like just logistically i mean if you're actually making four films with a lot of the same locations it would be so much easier and more cost effective if you're using real locations yeah i mean do you think they're gonna film these like that like concurrently or like I mean, they kind of have to be if they want them all to come out at the same time. But I guess they could like one day have like the John cast on call and then like the next day do the Paul cast or whatever. I don't know. Are they going to show John and Paul's meeting from two different angles? Are they going to show Brian seeing them at the cavern from four different perspectives? You know what I mean? So oh if, they, God, I know. if they do that, they'll probably have to film those scenes. And I, I would think that they're going to have the same four people as the Beatles in all four movies. They would have to, I think, to create, to have yeah. that for, um, you know, uh, God, what's the word? Continuity? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm running on negative brain cells. But yes, for continuity's sake, they'd have to have all the same actors, I think. Yeah. And if they're filming the same general scenes, also for continuity, they would want it to look the same and they would want the actors to look the same if they're younger people, not age up two years by the time they film it again. Yeah, that's a good point. I can imagine that they will be doing all four of them at once, that it's just going to be this huge epic production. Wow. I Yeah, I'm so excited. This is going to be great. And I'm even more excited now that we've talked about it on, on the podcast. It feels more real now yeah. because, mm -hmm. you know, we're making it official with a, a whole episode about... <laughs> About this upcoming project. Yeah, basically word vomiting our head cannon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That we actually know nothing about. So we're just, this whole episode was just speculation. But wasn't it fun? It was so much fun. This was great. And we will come back every time we hear something for real about the movie. We'll definitely yes. come back and report on it. Oh my God, absolutely. Yeah, hopefully as, as the movie progresses, maybe we'll be able to talk to some of the folks in, you know, involved in it. That would be wonderful. Yeah, that would be great. Sam Mendes, call us. Yeah, 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 we're here. We're here. I loved, <laughs> I loved Cabaret. Let's talk. Oh yes, there we go. We can talk about Cabaret. Forever. But uh, yeah, so anybody out there, you have ideas about who you think should play the different people any ideas about what this film is gonna how it's gonna be structured we'd love to hear about it yeah like definitely let us know on social media or email us and we'll chat about it and we'll see once we find out the internet's gonna explode yes yes for sure and we are here for it yes 
So thanks again for listening to BC The Beatles. And as always, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening right now. Give us a rating and review so other Beatle maniacs can find us. Yes, and please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. We'll be posting photos and more from this episode and beyond. We will absolutely be posting photos of the cast as soon as we have them, hopefully soon. Yes. And remember, you can always email us at bcthebeatles at gmail.com too, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.